Welcome everyone to another episode of the Rodcast. Today we are talking about leadership in church and this one is a personal one for me because I, when I first came to Lifehouse, I really struggled with this idea of whether or not I could be a leader in the church. Would God choose me? Could I have an impact? Was I ready? All these kind of things. Could I lead in the church? And uh, I had to have a real revelation. God had to speak to me through that season. And so, I I think there's many people out there wondering, like, is leadership for me? Can can God use me in my church in in a leadership capacity? Maybe maybe even if it's really deep in their hearts and maybe they they wouldn't even say that out loud. But I I think many people are asking these these questions or, or maybe don't feel, maybe that they don't feel it's for them. Is it for everyone? Maybe that's a good place to start. Is leadership in the church for everyone, Pastor Rod? I, I believe it is, uh, but we have to define leadership because okay. it's such a big world. Um, it, it, this, this question comes in various forms. Another one is, do I have the temperament to lead or does everybody have a temperament to lead? What about these sort of people and that sort of people? And my answer is yes, but it is in certain fields. And the field is attached to their gift and their passion. Part of being a pastor, we have the joy of helping people discover where they can lead in the church. So my answer is yes, everybody can lead, but it's where and how and how much. Those sort of questions, which are pastoral questions, but I want to answer the question you've asked. I believe everybody is called to do something for God and it's attached to a local church experience. I do believe that. And so maybe you th- probably a big part of why people don't feel like they're suitable for lead to, to lead is that they're probably looking at someone else and saying, yeah. I can't do that or I'm not built for that or I would hate to do that. <laughs> and But what you're saying is it can look very different. Yeah, I, I really do believe that. And uh, I, like you, I've heard that statement so many times because they've, they've attached to that that person or that's what that is. And let me give you an example that in Lifehouse, we have a lot of campuses and every pastor is different and every pastor's wife is different. And we celebrate that. Like that is a human joy. Imagine if everyone was like me, that would be horrible, right? <laughs> um, or, or maybe if everyone was like you, would, how, would, how would you feel about that? So yeah, you're Once answering enough. the question. No. So it's not a negative to say that, to say that we're all different and, and leadership mm. does look different. And often your leadership gift and my leadership gift is best in a team, especially yep. today where, honestly, it's to be a pastor. I know I know this, this is not about being a pastor, but being a leader has so many new skills today. Like I think even 50 years ago before I be- became a believer, um, you hear people talk about it was just like, you know, pr- prepare a message and visit people as a pastor and and today, you've got to be good at everything. You've got to be good at people skills and communication and, and online and, and and develop a counseling team and make sure you've got your HR and your you – know, it's just a different world. And and as I look at even just, you know, secular job markets, they're talking about every year you've got to learn like 10 new skills to become what you were, as effective as you were. So, so this is a really difficult moment. But – I'm not meant to be doing it alone. And I think this Mm. is the great thing about bringing people into this leadership is that my many, many weaknesses are now staffed by many, many gifts. 
and many, many people. And I think even today, uh, young people are even more aware that they can do something now and older people too. I would love to speak to older people and say, you know, you can retire, but don't retire from discipleship and from church because these are some of your most fruitful years. So age and stage, gift, temperament, passion, I just think we have to discover and put people in their place of satisfaction and fulfillment. And you could even argue like, okay, so it's more complex than it was you know, a yeah. hundred years ago or whatever, but you could argue out, we also have way better tools. Like yeah. I can't imagine pastoring or being a Christian leader without a phone. <laughs> like <laughs> how, how would you run volunteers and, you yeah. know, gosh, like, or no internet. Yeah. Wow. It's, well, well, that was a lot of my, not the phone one, but the internet was a lot of my, my pastoring life before the mm. internet. And, and he used to dial up and had that, that sound. And before that, there was the beginning of emails about 1990. Can you believe it? The beginning of emails, mm-hmm. 1990. And then before that, there was only the landline. And oh, oh, we had brick brick phones. I don't know if you've ever seen one. They'd like sit on old movies, yeah. like, like the original, you know, $6 million man or something, the big brick phones. And uh, before that, there was only landlines. And so we've been through this huge change, and that was a bit of a walk down memory lane, actually, that one. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've lived through all those changes, um, and we could do the same with re- recorded music or whatever it is, that the changes we've been through and the changes now are faster than ever. The world is changing. As I said, people are saying that to be equally as effective as you were on your job, you've got to learn 10 new skills a year. Wow, I can't do that. I, I'm, I'm not able to do that. So, um, yeah, what, what was it like before phones? Well, it was actually a little bit more simple, to tell you the truth. <laughs> right. But now we have the power of reach, right, yep. that we, we, didn't, we never had. And mm-hmm. I think if the Apostle Paul was alive today, he would love, he would love everything online. He would, he would love his letters would be in thousands of tweets and, you know, um, in Insta entries or whatever. Um, so you just go with what you've got. But I could not do what I was doing 30 years ago as a pastor now. Like it's it's very different. Mm. Yeah. And it will be and different. He, and it will be different. Right. Yep. In another 30 years and well, it's probably going to be different in another 10 years. But I'm just thinking also like with all this difference and this complexity, there's also all these little niches that someone can lead in. There's so many, like, I mean, 30 years ago, there was no one that could like build a social media team because we didn't have it, you know, that yet now we have that. It's like every church is probably going to want to have some presence on social media if they want to reach out. And so that's a place for someone Mm. in the church to step up, to lead, to, to pioneer in and to build an audience for the church. So that with the complexity also comes incredible opportunity for people to find something that they really fit with. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, there's good and bad to that, the complexity, I guess. Yeah, and, and, and as I said right at the beginning, and every age group has something they can do. And so older people are not going to be involved so much in, in social media. They, they mm-hmm. might, but probably not. But they can really care for another generation. We, we, need, we have very young churches because we're mm-hmm. young. We, we, our churches are young. But we really need older people just to, to stabilize and love the young generation and 
And I'm sure many would love to do that, have the opportunity. In, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm currently speaking to a, a professor in America who's thinking of joining us and uh, he's got these very high academics. And I said, you know what, I'm not sure we can use all that, but would you just come and love some people? And he said, we would love to do that. Oh, the end of our life, we would just love. And so I think there's a place for everyone on the spectrum. We've just got to help people discover the, the whole and fill it with their specific gap, uh, with their specific gift. Um, but yeah, and then and, and the young ones, like the church of, there's no such thing as the church of, you know, a church of tomorrow. Like you don't say to 10-year-olds, oh, when you grow up, you can do something. No, no, we've got people on our dream team now. Mm. Um, I think you've had some of your greatest people start at 10 or 12 and now they're at university or mm-hmm. um, they've grown through those years and those years have been good years of service, right? So I don't think the church has ever been so everybody friendly for yeah. their gift. yeah. So there's opportunity for everyone and we can all play a part in it. So why do you think, what stops people from stepping up in church life? That's a big question. I know there's a lot of answers to that. I I think there's two sides to that. One is the the person themselves and one is the model. So the person themselves, often the people start uh, insecure and unsure, Um, you know, most people, it's, I was like that and mm-hmm. you need encouragement and you also need um, mm-hmm. good mentors and friends. Um, you know, it, it was good for me to be told early on, you, you won't be in the singing team, Rod. That, that was a good, <laughs> but I want to sing, but no, no, why don't you try this area? That was a kind person that helped me yeah. realize early. Um, so I think we need friends and we need mentors and we need because we're insecure and and we don't know what to do with this this gift thing it's a it's an unknown thing and um, and there are new skills being developed all the time I need to know if I'm suitable for this or that um, I think there's that side and I think there's also the modeling side of the local church and um, as I said some churches saying to young people I'll just wait till you're older um, you'll have your time I would rather say, this is your church now. Let's find a place for you now. So there's a model. Um, and, and Viv and I have always had young people around us. We've, we've lived for, for length, lengthy times in Australia, Thailand, and Japan. And personally, I've lived lengthy time in the Philippines and Malaysia before I got married. So um, in all the countries, young people need to see the model is open. There's access. Um, access with training, access with follow-up, access with feedback, but access. You can do something now and there's a pathway to that. And I think that we've always had young people around us because we've always said to young people, you have a place, can we help you? And most young people say, me, me, you're talking to me. You're talking to you. Let's talk about that. And I think that um, we've just got to help people to find their space. What about when, have you ever heard people say like, oh, you know, I'm happy just to serve or behind the scenes or something like this? And they've obviously got an image of, a, of leadership as some upfront person, which obviously is, is, is one style. Um, yeah. But what about the, those types of personalities? Um, I think we, these I think are good we, people. I think when yeah. in our preaching teaching, we need to give examples of these people. Like, like mm-hmm. you, you've often heard me say, I'm a visionary, but my team can't cope with just vision up here. They need to be on paper. 
They need administration. And they, so therefore, I've got to validate those people that do those roles because they are leadership roles that are able to take my vision and dreams and be able to put it into form and HR and our grow course and our, um, you, you know, that's, that's my strength and weakness. But it's up to me to highlight that as highly effective leaders. So I'm, I'm, I'm modeling um, some of you are very like this and some are like this and some are like um, I think it's really important. We do in our grow course, which is like our 101, you know, welcome to church sort of course, we do a gift discovery. We do two actually. One gift discovery is more of a, a secular one, the, the Briggs-Myers 16 personalities one, um, which, which is incredibly important for young people to sort of get a, a frame that, I have some great gifts and there are others like me. And in Japan, I think we're a nation where people struggle to find their individuality. It's been such a revelation for young people and old people to say, wow, look at what I've got. It's so much fun to be this. So there's that gift discovery or that personality discovery. And we also do one based on the Romans 12 list of seven motivational gifts. And, and from that, I'm realizing that God has truly made us different and every one of those seven gifts needs leaders. So it could be in mm. caring, could be in giving, could be in leading, could be in teaching, could be in, in encouragement. But we need leaders with all the, the different areas where we call dream teams, you might call them volunteer teams, but we need leadership in all of that, and as I look at those seven that we mentioned in Romans 12, it pretty well, well, it covers the spectrum. It's an amazing psychology lesson from the Bible. <laughs> there are these seven motivational gifts. Which one do you do you fit into? And, and I think we have to help people discover, ask questions, rediscover, and relearn. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing things now I've never done before, and some things I did before, well, I had to delegate so we're in a new age of discovery but it is biblical and it's also something that the secular world pays a lot of attention to when i first was a, became a salesman i had to go through a psychological test for eight hours like literally wow eight tests one test an hour in one day one test was mathematical one was problem solving one was EQ, which is emotional strength and, you know, what would you do at a party, blah, blah, blah. So I had to do all that. And, um, and they give you this, this chart at the end of your strengths and weaknesses. And I, I actually was suited to pharmaceutical sales, which I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> that is a secular model, but I've still got that paper from 40 years ago. Um, as I pull it out, I think this was correct. Um, we can actually use tools mm. to discover our strengths and weaknesses because where I'm going to go with this is don't, don't go down the line of your weakness or your lack of passion. You'll, you won't last. But in the church, we have a chance to shift and change and, and counsel and, and motivate and try this and that. And I think one of the great thrills of, of you, and, you and me, Richard, in our churches is seeing people discover, right? Would, you would agree mm -hmm. with that? See, can you talk it's about that as well? Yeah. Yep, seeing people find their lane in life and then just start running and yep. they're just knocking out wins and everyone's like, whoa, like uh, uh, it's the best. Uh, yeah. And I feel like, I feel like, like 
I know what it, cause I know what it's like. Cause I feel like I've discovered that like the church helped me find my lane in life and who I am and who I'm not. And when you stop trying to be someone else and you just focus on who God's made you to be and your unique place in life and what you can contribute. Um, oh, that's so, that's so exciting. And so then to see that play out in other people's lives, mm. it just, it just changes everything. Cause you know, just so many people don't, sadly, so many people never really discover that whether it's in their work or a greater sense of calling in their life. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's a joy of being a pastor for sure, and, and I think although or even some, connect group leader, totally, and connect group leader has so many skills. I, I say to I say to people in connect groups, if you if you know how to deal with small groups, if you can deal with a small group of people and build skills there, you will you will be promoted. Like this is a skill for the world. This this ability to manage people well and get everyone talking, involved, and enjoying a small group falls over into every area of management and leadership that I know. It is an absolute training ground for success and promotion. Yeah. Mm. And I think there are others too. Some people might say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be, you know, connect group leader, a small group leader. I say, fine. But in that group, I see you doing this. And so as a leader, I can say, you know, the, the way you greet people is well, so nice. Do you realize that you actually are gifted? And most people go, me? No, no, no I didn't know. So, again, uh, encouragement, observation. In, in that, I'm not trying to manipulate people. Like it's genuinely this, this is what you are good at. Um, sometimes that doesn't like relate to the world, but it does. It does. Someone being very good at, at, at um, you know, greeting could be a salesman, could be marketing, could be, um, service industry. So it does actually fall into uh, the area we're going to be successful in life. Uh, I was just thinking on that, like, let's let's define this a little bit because maybe, yeah, maybe not everyone is built to be a connect group leader or wants to be, but let's, let's take leadership more higher level. Like John Maxwell says, it's influence. He defines leadership as influence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. Is that fair? Yeah, it's totally fair. So you, you can go to a restaurant and um, the guy has the manage the manager tab here, but you know he's not the real leader in the room. The, the little girl in the corner, they go to for problem solving and what do we do here and the menu's changed. They go to her or him, and but not the manager with the girl. Now, it could be the same person, but I'm, I'm, we're observing who has the influence. John Maxwell also says when, when the real leader speaks, everyone listens. So it's not the person who has the title, it's the person who has the influence and people listen to. And, and I want to listen to people who've got that gift. You know, like, like there's some, some areas that, that I'm weak. Some are very obvious in technology. You know that. I, I, I don't know what to do with technology, but I know the importance of technology. So I'm asking questions, but I'm not going to learn a lot about technology. I'm just going to raise up a whole bunch of technology people. Um, so, and, and, and get them going and talking and, and, and finding out and, and finding out what, what works in the community, go out and find out. Cause I, I can't, for example, when we came to Japan and we wanted to go to universities, I was 42 years old and already as a team leader, it would have been strange for me to go to universities. People was, would have said, who are you? Why, what are you doing on our campus? So I had to get the young ones, train them. 
But I would ask them afterwards, what did you learn? What did we learn? And so many people learned their leadership by being asked to do something that and being part of a those people could, could end up being in marketing or being in sales or start their own business from learning skills elsewhere in church. One of the things I started out, my first job in church was to put out the chairs. Arriving early, put out the chairs. I loved it. And I couldn't understand why I loved it. I, I, I wasn't weird, but I just enjoyed putting out the chairs and praying, Lord, bless the place this morning. And But later on, I realized that chairs represented space and represented um, environment and it represented um, how people feel and and filling a space. And it actually is a pastoral gift, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, so one gift doesn't look like another, but it is, and it takes friendship, leadership, mentoring, pastoring, discussion for people to, to find their niche and maybe their life work as well from that niche. Mm. Yeah, because I'm just thinking like some people might not be ready to take on a leadership role officially in the church, yet, yet in your connect group, they are just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And or in the lobby, they're just awesome with new people. And they may not even have a role on on the team, but can provide real yeah. influence. Like not mm. taking over. I don't mean, you know, doing their own thing uh, in that context, but I just mean bringing their weight yeah. into yeah. the room and using it to yeah. help lead in the church context. Like, man, if everyone showed up with that thinking, like yeah. our churches would just be thriving. Like, I mean, all over the world, if that's how every Christian, you know, live their life every day, um, showing up to church, whether they have a role, whether they're on the roster or not, I'm here, I'm going to be a great influence. I'm going to show up, bring a great attitude, you know, include people. It's a pretty powerful picture that we can all lead, right. yeah. whether we have a role yeah. or not. I remember the very first connect group I ever ran. I was early 20s um, and me and two girls uh, in the church I went to in Sydney, um, we started a new group in an area that would never been a connect group because it was like a high turnover area, like backpackers area in a city uh, and, 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 and the church had never had a connect group or small group in that area. And, and me and the two girls, we, it was their apartment, so I turned up. And I'm, I'm the teacher and those two girls, one of them was an inviter and one of them was a hospitality girl. And um, so one was inviting all these people and the other one pr- prepared the, the chairs and the home and, and I was leader. The three of us became the most incredible team, but only I had the title of leader, right? Um, and I don't think those girls ever became a connect group leader, but they were so, so leadership in their areas. And that small group grew to be very, very fast-growing group. I had some very interesting people in it, and we had a few problems, but it really grew, and we grew a lot of leaders out of that group who became connect group leaders, not those two girls. But those two girls were, I give them real honor, and I'll tell that story anywhere, that you don't have to have the title. You Mm. just have to use your gift, and you are a leader. So the girl that invited was amazing, and she did follow up. The girl that did hospitality was amazing. They were leaders and we ran and we grew a connect group. I love that story. It was, 
It's, it's, it's significant to me as a pastor to see how good connect groups run because good connect groups usually do have a like a teaching leader and a caring leader and a communications person. Um, that immediately will start growing. Um, it, it, so if everyone has the same gift, it may not grow, but all the different gifts together um, mobilized you know, and I said to those two girls, I said to the one inviting, you have an amazing gift. And the hospitality girl, you have an amazing gift. Like, wow. And I think they loved it. They just love being part of this growing group and team and using their gifts. So, yes, everyone can be a leader, have influence. Um, you're talking about attitude, turning up with good attitude. They're a leader. Mm. Um, and I think that's what makes good church culture, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. um in Japan, I'm sure, in Hong Kong, where you are, here in Indonesia, people come to church a little bit scared, a little bit, what are the people like? And it's just so much fun to watch our teams connect with them and not overwhelm them, but invite them and and this is this and come and sit here and, and afterwards, how was that? And to watch that happening is such a joy because those people are developing they're using their gifts and they're developing great skills. And 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 the new visitors, I'll talk to them and I say, Did you enjoy church? They'll this is this is Japanese now, okay, in Japan. So first time ever in church for this person. Did you enjoy church? They go, Oh yes, yes, yes. I said, did you like the music? Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, did you like the people? Oh yes, 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 yes. And then I say, Did you understand my message? And they say, No. <laughs> but they say but it was positive. And then I'll say, will you come again? And they'll say, yes, yes, yes. So the, the team created an atmosphere, not my preaching, right? That was that was low down on the, the list. Now, the preaching can't be terrible, but it doesn't have to be incredible. This is really important for people to understand. It's not the preaching that will bring them back. It's the environment. It's the community. And if there's enough people using their skills and attitude and joy – it creates a moment for Japanese to wonder, what's, what is this? Is there a God? And many, many come back and get saved. And I know Hong Kong's pretty similar. How, how would you speak to that, that the environment impact on visitors? I think the, the community thing and being welcomed in is so huge. It... Uh, yeah, the preaching can't be bad and neither can the music. <laughs> like if it's just terrible music, like that's not going to help you or uh, terrible, too long preaching and boring and that's not going to help either. But you're, you're right. If it's if those things are solid, um, that, that, then, that they're not turning people away, it's the people that win the new people. It's, it's And for us, in fact, post-pandemic, it's been going to lunch with people after church it's having a place like we promote it like hey we've got a group of us going to lunch everyone's welcome and not everyone joins that of course people are free to leave and do whatever they had planned but just the ones that come in and eat lunch with people it's like they come back that because it's the group is just so friendly um so inclusive Mm. uh yeah it's it's just the best kind of follow-up system you could have. It's just great people being welcoming. 
and and the people welcoming them are having a party, like like they're using their gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at yeah. the same time, before the service, the production people have set up the sound and they're doing. They're very serious and they're, and uh, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I said, are you enjoying it? Oh, oh yes, yes. And they're back to that, like like mm-hmm. it's it's not all that the the, the welcoming people. It's it's the whole picture. It's the package. That? Yeah. It's the whole package. Um, but I, I, you know, you, you do hear some statements like people make up their decision about your group in the first five minutes. I've heard that a number of times. It's it, people might say it might be one minute, might be the whole thing. I don't know, but I, I do think most people make up most of their mind in the first while, which yeah. means it's not the message. It's not the preaching. Um, that again, that, that can't be terrible, but it is something else. It's this emotional package that, that, that this is a good place. These are good people. This God who I don't know could be good. It's, it's that, that first. And they also say in sales and in life that you, you, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Have you heard that saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, 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 it's unfair, but it's true. I'm not saying it should be that way, but it probably is true that, that the, the initial. And so gifting is really important to set the, the tone and we've just, discovered post-pandemic, it's not about the high production. It's mm-hmm. not. It's about it's about the people's attitude to mm-hmm. being there, isn't it? I was just going to say, just on your first impression thing, it's it's fascinating how many people can tell you years later, even ten years later, who the first person they met at church was. Right. They remember the first conversation. Yeah. And uh, and I can even think of the first person that talked to me when I walked into our church. And, you know, that's that's pretty amazing. And, and even if that person had no more influence in their life, you know, moving forwards, it was still it still had an impact. There was a, yeah, significant. Right. So everyone's a leader. Every, everyone has potential to grow into a great leader in their lane. I think you used that word, in their, in their mm-hmm. zone. So I think church should be a place of discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really do. And, and friendship and leadership. And with, with the right attitude, I think we can help people also discover maybe that's not their lane. I gave my mm. example of being a singer. Like it was hurtful for the first week and then I'm thankful for the rest of my life. You know? <laughs> I, I, I want to be a singer. You're not. Um, some people can develop. No, not with me. So I just think we have to have a, a family atmosphere where it's not manipulative. Manipulation is what I want you to be for something for me. But genuine encouragement is I want you to be something, someone for you, who you should be. And I think we're going to help a lot of people discover they can be leaders in their zone, in their lane. And many times I'll ask opinion for people who are very quiet, but I know they're good in a certain area. And I'll sit and I'll talk to them about something and, and I'll say, thank you. And they'll be, oh, thanks, thanks, Pastor Rod. I said, no, thank you. Like your, your, your ability, skill, talent, I, I really appreciate it. And, and they light up, you know. And, and even, even when we meet with people on the streets and we, in of Tokyo and we say things about them, nice things, they sort of tear up. It's like so impacting to have someone say a genuine thing about your life. Mm, when it's not, yeah, because you can sniff flattery 
Yeah. Uh, and manipulation. Yeah, I think the genuine encouragement, I know in our context here, it's just so lacking yeah. in schools, in homes, sadly. Mm. If you're encouraged if in the workplace, I mean, that almost never happens. Um, yeah. So, we can really we can really have a big impact in our yeah. churches and in our connect groups and teams. It's exciting. Um, and same, same when people fail too. Like, you know, if mm-hmm. someone makes a mistake in church life, uh, I mean just a functional thing, you yeah. know, forget something or whatever or, mm-hmm. or they're not suited towards something, we can make changes with that person and, and you know, it's, it's a very soft uh, adjustment. Yeah. Um, you're not going to lose your job. <laughs> it's mm. not like... The marketplace can be pretty ruthless. True. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I, I just to finish, let me say I do believe everyone's called, everyone's gifted mm-hmm. by yeah. by the Lord, by by the Father in heaven. And that scripture in, in, in Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 says he, he designed something for us to do. He predestined us. He called us. Mm-hmm. And Paul is writing to the entire Ephesian church, not to the leaders. The entire mm-hmm. church is saying you're all called. You're all gifted. God had a plan before. Discover your plan. What a great word. Let's do it. All right, everyone. It's been fantastic spending this time with you. We'll see you on the next broadcast. Bye-bye.